0: No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form even for personal use. In the matter of thinking in thoughts of Avera. For beginning that when you call you should guard yourself against every wicked thing for a man shouldn't think wrong thoughts by day, and therefore come to uncleanness at night. Thinking about the Avera is sometimes worse than Avera itself. That has to be explained. The Avera itself is not always available. But thinking about an Avera, a person can do any time. Now, even if it's smaller than the Avera itself, but the principle is when you do a smaller avea many times, it becomes more severe than the biggest avea, like we learned before in the you know, when you do Esa uh, many times, over and over again, it becomes like Chai mises business. It's like a thin cord. When you put together with another one, and you double it and triple it, and then you quadruple it, after a while, their core becomes thick as a rope. And so, the thoughts that a person thinks, if it's in wrong nature, these thoughts add up and they become much worse than the actual sin itself. Because they can be done at all times. <speaking in Hebrew> Abominates those who have wrong thoughts. Say that. <speaking in Hebrew> Up to now we spoke about two principal severe sins. And the people are close to be ensnared by some subdivision. It means the sins themselves, they may not do. In those days, they were not so near to such sins. But there are subdivisions of these sins that like enumerated above that are quite probable that many people are nichshl. Because there are so many subdivisions. And the great inclination of people towards these things because of their desire for them. And therefore, in these subdivisions, it is quite probable that many people are nichshl. The third degree after taking other people's money or immorality is the subject of coveting, of desiring things. Now he brings a number of subdivisions of the subject of desiring things. In they is a For instance, the prohibition against eating certain foods. Bein binyan ha'treifas <laughs> asma, some things are treifer. Bein binyan tahu esen, and sometimes they're not treifer themselves, but they have treifas mixed into them. Bein binyan bose becholah, mixing meat and milk. Bein ochele beadam, the ingyen bishulei goyim. That's a that's thing. Something is cooked by Gentiles, even though it's kosher. Whatever Gentiles cook, Jews don't eat. The Inyan things that were cooked in pots of Gentiles, in utensils of Gentiles. in the their wine. And all these things, to be pure of them, it requires a great carefulness and a certain amount of exertion. There's a desire of a person's nature after delicious foods. And also a matter of loss of money when there's a mixture. Of in kosher food, and because of the desire to spare himself the loss, he may sometimes be lenient with himself. and they have many detailed subdivisions. according to all the laws that are well known and explained in the form of the pasukim somebody is lenient in the case where the Chachama said you should be more severe it means even when there's a doubt but the Chachama said you shouldn't be lenient a person does that is corrupting his own character when a person yields to his desire for some pleasure in eating when it's a matter of trespassing some law or yields to a desire to save himself money, when a matter where the loss could be involved by keeping the halacha, that person, by yielding to these desires, is corrupting his soul. Except there. Oh. And he explained that this person is corrupting his character. Although, see, Tamu, you should not make yourself defiled by these things. When it's and you will become defiled. The plain meaning is, when a person tries to defile himself, he will succeed. When a person tries to ruin his character, he is sure to succeed. However, the word it's is without an olive. So you can read beneath And that is a hint. Tomo means to clog up, to stuff up if you pollute yourself by these things you're going to make yourself unclean with them now it means the character of a decent person responds he has a certain reaction to what's right or wrong but when a man yields to his passions for the sake of something that is desirable to eat of questionable cashless or because he wants to save money and already a child in our love of his that, nah? so that person is dulling the edge of his senses is clogging up his ability to feel right or wrong once a person yields he becomes less capable of sensing the difference between right and wrong. And the more a person yields, the more he becomes incapable of judgment between right and wrong. And therefore, everything now becomes permissible to him. That is known from experience. It's only people who practice self-control who are able to have a clear insight what is right, what is wrong. When people, however, yield to their desires, which usually is the case, then they lose the ability to sense, to feel the difference between right and wrong. So, in itamta means you are clogging up your spiritual arteries. Now he's saying something else. Forbidden foods bring into a person's character a certain Impurity. In a man's character and in his mind. Now that's something else. Besides what we said before, a person who yields loses the ability to differentiate between right and wrong, but mahalas especially have a character of spoiling a person's nature. Our brother, who, when he commanded kosher, it was to preserve our Jewish nation, the holy nature. I'm Kurdish the Also by Navela it said, Don't eat a because go Ansha Kedeshtihi Yunli. So we see that the prohibition against Navela and against Bosra Bahala is a kind is for the purpose of preserving the kedusha. And therefore, eating forbidden things divests a person of his holiness. It makes him more and more on the level of the nations of the world. The holiness that I boda put into him begins to depart gradually from him as a result of eating things of questionable kashas. don't read and at times the manger become clogged up. The sin clogs up a man's mind, clogs up his spiritual nerves. is removed from him the true understanding and the spirit of that he gives to a pious one. I suddenly got something here. In addition to a mere word of holiness, holiness... But that Kodesh Baruch, who bestows on his people, because they keep the Torah, gives them a certain excellence of mind, not only character. They're able to judge more correctly. Whereas the people who dabble in forbidden things, they lose their ability to understand, and they become more similar to the beasts of the field. They become enslaved to their passions to their physical nerves and therefore they're not capable of clear judgment as they had been before so we're learning now that Kiddush includes also a clarity of judgment and that Hashem bestows on the Hasidah those who are devoted to him by keeping his Torah punctiliously so they are being given the gift of more and more judgment. So not only are they born amkaddish, but they keep on practicing the Kedush of the Torah, so, like I said, by doing my mitzvahs, you will become more and more holy. By keeping Shabbos, people become holy. Everything that you do, even putting on tefillin, anything you do makes you holy. And that Kedusha is a form of excellence, including excellence of mind, too. Say that aside. What's up? K'mo he quotes from Yishle, ki Hashem yiten chochum, Hashem gives wisdom. Now that's understood now and two levels. One level is, when a man is born, Hashem gives wisdom. Because it says, vayipa'o be'apov nishmascham, Hashem blew into Odom. So when a man is born, The neshama that hashem blew into him comes from hashem and hashem of course is a source of all wisdom so we're born with wisdom of course it's only potential we have to be able to draw it forth by living according to the principles of the torah but it's in us already there's an additional wisdom that people gain in the course of their lives as they practice the Torah. And here, Yitem means he continues to give. Not only he gave when you were born, but he continues to give more and more in accordance with the person's loyal observance of the Torah. This person who yields to his passions, he remains Bahami beast like and materialistic. Begas he remains sunken into the coarseness of the worldly things. But to stop you, said that and aside. I indulge it. The top line he said that when he eats Mamish, actually enter a person's body And become part of his own flesh So therefore he loses certain qualities of character That are based on the purity of the body The Jewish body has certain qualities of character That are physical but when he puts into his body Dvaram Tmeyam, things that are also to eat, so certain qualities, like Midas of the Nefesh or the Neshama, change because of the body. This we have to know. The Neshama is affected by the body in which it dwells. When the body does things in a certain way that are proper, the Neshama is improved. So you see, the body has an effect on the Neshama. And what the body eats, is teaching us now Chiddish, that the food that the body takes in is also effective in making and in changing the In And Lord, let us know, not only unclean animals, forbidden animals, or Shibbeena ha-kosheh, of the kosher species, sheep and uh, cattle, if they are trefe, Also is included in this tumor that affects the body and the soul. Omer ha-kosheh, lahav de olbeena ha To make a distinction between tummeh and toya. Now, the question is, what great chokhmah is there to, to make a distinction between a uh, uh, horse and a cow, anybody can see the difference. So it means a difference between a cow that's slaughtered properly and a cow that's slaughtered improperly. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. We don't have to tell us that you have to make a distinction between a donkey and a cow. So why say it? do you should make a distinction tell me so it means not between the species that are tomatoid, That's easy to make a distinction. But in Tmeya things that are forbidden to you and things that are considered pure for you. So in Avila, even of a cow, is forbidden to you. Now, when you slaughter a cow, it's dead. When a cow dies, it's also dead. What's the difference how it died? Also, when you slaughter a cow, and you slaughter it in a kosher way, then it's toya slaughtered in a non-kosher way. Then even though you slaughtered it, it's tommy. and that requires half a dollar. That's why when the sheikh takes his knife, he has to examine it that there's no nick, no piggy in the knife. But how do they make a distinction? That's it's a simple matter. In a general rule, that this is kosher, that not kosher. Even in the general thing, you have to differentiate. And be particular in details. It's the difference if most of the windpipe was cut through or only half. Now, half is just one hair's breadth less than most. Most means one hair's breadth more than half. And still, a hair's breadth more makes it toya. A hair's breadth less, if it's just half cut through, it's an available become how much the difference between between most and half the width of a hair end quote we almost we see that the effect that the body has on the soul can depend on such fine distinctions as one hair's breadth in slaughtering a kosher animal the and this is what they said at the end of their statement the being rubar of Hesimalaya Sarah Bahras is show Kamon niflo kelha mitzvah how wonderful is the power of a mitzvah. Shahuta ma'bdil Mahvdil being two militara mamish. A hairsbet makes a difference between two militarios. So here it's Thomai and the person's neshama becomes affected by it and here it's Toher and his neshama is affected because he eats kosher. So, Now because it what we just learned Anybody has brains in his head, He should consider forbidden food as if it was poison. Or like food into which poison had been mixed in. I suppose this what happened that poison dripped into food. Uh, what a man give himself the leniency to eat of it? And not only if it's a matter of life and death, but even if it'll cause him some pain. That's fatal. I feel, sure, shaitan, even a small pain. Well, uh, sure, they won't be lenient. Suppose the person knew that there are thorns in that food. Now, they won't kill him, but the thorns certainly will be uncomfortable. So, they wouldn't want to eat the food. Who wants to eat food that will make them uncomfortable? Be him uncomfortable? Behemiyako, a person will do that. They say he'll eat food that has thorns in it. Lo and the shiva le will be considered like a lunatic. No normal person would do that. For the forbidden foods, we explained already, that's actually a poison for the heart and the soul. It means it's a poison for the person's character and it's a poison for the person's nisham as a result. Who could be lenient with himself? when it comes to a doubt of Easter, something is kosher or not. Involves if it's a person with the Just like he wouldn't eat, if it's a question, maybe there are thorns there. He certainly shouldn't eat, if it's a question, if it's not kosher, even though he's not sure. You should put a knife into your cheek, if you're a person of character. It means, rather than eat something, that is going to cause you a loss of character, it's better to stick a knife through your cheeks to prevent you from eating. Say that. Right on. There's a mistake in print here. And am just but I think this should be, magia, yeah you're we'll speak now about the sins that come from company of people and when they come together the sin of hurting people's feelings with words. putting somebody to shame. the sin of misleading somebody by wrong advice. The khilis. speaking gossips. This one said this, and that one said this, and telling what people said about you. Sino, hostility to our fellow Jews. Nechime, taking revenge for some previous thing that he did to you. Shua, swearing unnecessarily or carelessly. Dvar shekha speaking what's not true. And Chil Hashem, causing a disgrace to Hashem's honor. Separately. Ki mi thing. of him who can say, I am perfectly clean from all of these things? To may Ashma that I am pure from any guilt in these things? Ki Rabim, their branches, the subdivisions are many, the and they're very delicate. And still they're all included under the headings that consider those sins, even though they are delicate subdivisions. han To be careful in all these things requires a great deal of effort. Say that aside. The next five or six pages are the most important in this chapter. We'll just begin. Ho'inoa's the what in Words of vexation in general. Vexation means to hurt people's feelings with words. Even to speak only in the presence of your fellow man. Without anybody listening to that, only one person is listening to you, they should be put to shame by you. That's called Inuazwam. If a husband tells his wife something that hurts her feelings, even though nobody is present, or a wife says a mean word to a husband hurts his feelings, it's a sin of a and it's a love of the Torah. And no less than any other love. surely if you'll say something that causes a person to be ashamed, and embarrassed cause or do some act that will cause them to be ashamed. Even the words alone without any kind of act that caused him a hurt is considered that's a big subject that's where we stopping four lines down a very important subject all are important but this is especially important. Hoy no vexing somebody with words, causing someone distress with your words. that in general? To speak in such a way that the person becomes shamed. Kol who yes, are mere That's said until now. It was something that could cause him to be ashamed, although you didn't say it openly. Certainly, if you shamed him directly, that surely. And as well, for instance, you say you're a fool. That's called shaming him directly. A way as indirectly saying didn't understand that, making him as if he was a silly fellow by implication. And surely if you said it openly, that's You have no sense. Or do some act that'll cause them to be ashamed. And this we have to know takes place all the time, especially between married people. They're constantly doing something to each other, which is the Isa de Raisa. Isa Chomo, very strict avail. Usha Imho Shuv, If a person was a Bald which he had a past, when he was not an observant man, you shouldn't say to him, remember your olden days. You shouldn't hark back to his olden days at all. Don't even imply the word previous days. If illness came upon him, say to him, like Eve's friend said to him when Eve was stricken with disaster, Remember, who is an innocent man who goes lost, who suffers? They implied, that Eve was to blame for his misfortunes. That's also a form of a Instead of consoling him, they were pouring salt on his wounds by implying that it was his sins that caused him to suffer. If people who engage in selling produce were asking you, Do you have any grain? Which we can buy from you to sell to others. Lo shouldn't say so has Go to so and so who sells grain. When you know that that person does not sell grain, shalom he never sold grain. Now by doing that, you not only deceiving the uh, salesman who want grain to sell, but you. Uh, Implying that this person to whom you sent him, is a no good at Shlomozel. When they come to him and say, Do you have grain to sell? He has a field, but he never have enough grain to himself. So he'll feel some will hurt. Someone sent people to him to buy grain. It implies that he's not doing his, his responsibilities of raising enough grain to leave over even to sell. Hurting something, hurting someone with words is worse than hurting him in money matters. Worse than taking away money from a man is taking away his simcha from him. By vexing him, you're taking away what is more precious than money. And he brings three reasons. Why it's worse? Says then, because on vexing with words, it says you should fear Hashem." when it comes to taking money from people, although you certainly have to fear Hashem there too, but it doesn't say openly. Lo, but doesn't say Now, the gives two more reasons. Money you can always restore it to the owner. But a person hurts feelings. With your words, you can never restore his feelings. Money is from his pocket. That's a third reason. But words that vex hurt his body. So therefore, vexing a person is much worse than stealing money. If you pick somebody's pocket, but you're polite to him, it's not as bad as if you were an honest man... Who spoke harsh, cruel words to people and made them feel unhappy? See up to here. The whole in and certainly, if this was done in public, <laughs> it's much worse. We learned openly a statement: if he shames somebody's face in public means it makes his face go pale because of embarrassment he has no all their gates are closed it means is not easily approachable today <coughs> of course if we are persistent in praying to him he'll listen but it's not that easy. But well, there's one gate that's always open. The gate of hurt feelings. If a person's feelings were hurt, then Akodesh Borahu is ready to listen to that person when he complains against the one who harms him, or hurt him. In every case, our Kodesh takes retribution from a sinner by means of some agent. Who may I know? Except when it comes to I know, so our Kodesh himself intervenes to take retribution. Of course, it means he does it more rapidly and he does it more severely. There are three cases that the Merchitzah, the wall, is not closed before them. There's a screen between our Kodesh Baruchu and the world, and therefore not so easy for us to approach Hashem, for there are three that can find the doorway open. one of the three is Oinoin. When a person has been hurt by feelings, then he has an open door to complain to Hashem. Even when you're doing a mitzvah, you have to be very careful with this. You should rebuke your fellow man. Sometimes he does something wrong, and you must tell him that he's wrong. But even then, you have to beware of... I might think that this rebuking should be done even though his face changes because of embarrassment. You shouldn't bear a sin because of him. Again, You should rebuke your fellow man but be careful not to have a sin because of that. Let's say somebody is trying to tutor his son and he sees it doesn't go in so readily and he loses patience and says to his son, why are you so dumb? And that hurts the child's feelings. He can say, why don't you listen or pay more attention? But to lose control and say, why are you so dumb? That hurts and discourages the child. That's why no I We call from all these statements here, you can see, how far the subdivisions of this commandment go. The on and how severe is the punishment for it. Say that So in the subject of giving advice. Now before we start this, one point is necessary to make clear that if you have no advice to give, don't give it. Doesn't mean that because he asks you, you must reply. It's only if you're capable that you give the advice. Otherwise you can say, I'd like to help you, but I'm not capable of advising you. But now I'm it up the subject of advising a person intentionally in the incorrect way. Shani, we learn about before a blind man, you should not put a stumbling block. When somebody is blind in a certain matter, you shouldn't put a stumbling block by your false advice. Now that's beginning of a long subject here going to stop now. Be in the Sina so it in a matter of giving advice. Shoninu but Teraskani will learn in Teraskani. That's a method shon by Yikron. Before a blind man you should not put a stumbling block. What does it mean by a blind man? If somebody is blind in a certain matter, it's a case where he doesn't know, and you can give him advice that might make him stumble. For instance, This man's daughter, is she this man is interested in the Shidduch for himself or his son, and his Akayin, I'll it, don't say kshayrah, be enal absurd. Don't say she is kasha when she is pasur. Now that's a case where the man will go and he may not marry her, but he may start negotiations and then be disappointed. So you caused him to stumble in something in which he was blind. Of course, if you are the cause of his marrying her, it's even worse. But even he doesn't marry her. The mere fact that he negotiated and then he dropped it in the middle because he discovered that you had misled him, so you transgressed his din with For your if he tried to take from you some counsel, some advice, al will lo so do give him do not give him advice which is not good for him. Don't say, sell your field and buy, with the money, a donkey, and your intention was, you're making a plan against him, But you'll take away the field from him. Means you tell him to sell your field and buy a donkey, and thereby you're going to buy the field from him. he will sell the field to you. That was your intention. Shem Tema, you might say, no, it's are your fault. and You're in oh, you good advice. Because with a donkey, you can go down and do business. The fact that I won his field and he'll sell it to me, that's only incidental. But the th- truth is, a donkey is very really good for him. So you're trying to deceive yourself, so you say you cannot deceive Hashem. Shari Ador, Mosul, the way the thing is known by your own mind, Shanimah. You should be afraid of Hashem. Now this means people must be aware of the importance of giving proper advice. And many times they are influenced by their own desires, their own attitudes, their own interests. Now even if he wasn't interested in the matter, even if there were no selfish interests, still if he's not capable of giving interest, giving advice, if he's not capable of advising, is also causing a man to stumble. Of course, it's worse if his reason is because of his self-interest. But even if the reason is because of his inability to give advice is also causing a man to stumble. So it comes out that we learn whether well, it's a thing that might be that he has an interest. <laughs> or something in which he has no interest at all, is the duty of a man to put their personal comments, to take advice of him, to put him on the truth, clear and perfect truth. Many times, (coughs) people have a certain animosity towards somebody, and when another person asks you about business with that person, your advice is colored by your animosity. Many times, you're friendly to that person, and he comes and asks you, can I do business with this person? Although it may not be good advice, but because you like that other party, you'll say, oh, he's a fine man. So you have to be careful not to be influenced by your own attitudes. Then he asks, even though you're not influenced by your attitudes, you must also Refrains from giving advice unless you're capable of giving sound advice The you see, the Torah understood the final plan, the schemes of the deceivers The Law of the we are not talking about fools she and that will give advice whose harm <laughs> is well known and revealed. A fool would do that, but an ordinary person wouldn't give advice that people can see it is not good. And <laughs> The Torah is talking about those who are wise to do evil, cunning people who know how to do it, harm by their wrong advice. <laughs> They'll give advice to other people. What seems openly on the surface that there's going to be a profit for your fellow man when you advise him. But the end will be not for your fellow man's benefit. So it means two kinds of frauds. One is a fraud who wants to deceive people. And one is a fraud who deceives himself into thinking that he's doing it unselfishly. He has to search his motives, and no, maybe my own interests are involved here. Say that. Again, But at the end, it will not turn out for you, fellow man. It will not turn out for you. It will not turn out for your fellow man's benefit. <coughs> it'll turn out for his harm. And it'll be a benefit for the person who gives the advice. <coughs> and that includes people who are salesmen and middlemen. Let's say he makes reservations for you with musicians and with photographers, and you pay him a certain commission for that. They pay him a commission. You have to know that you persuade people to go to this photographer if he's not capable or to this musician is not capable, so then and he is needs overcharger too. So therefore this advice is certainly for your own benefit. Al Kane Omru, Shem or Toima, Asa yofani Nation, you might say, I'm giving you good advice. That's how people try to persuade themselves that they're doing what's right give it over to your own heart to decide and will look into your heart and see whether you're doing it for honesty or for selfish purposes say that that's how to read how frequently people stumble on these sins every day because they're attracted by the power of the desire for their own gain. And the greatness of their punishment is said in the passage, Accursed is the one who misleads a blind man on the road. And the man who is misled because he's blind in a certain matter, so the person who misleads him is called Oror. This is the duty of the right man, to seek counsel of him. He should counsel him. The advice that he himself would have given for himself had he been in that man's position. Without looking for anything but the benefits of the one who is seeking the advice, not for any other purpose, korayv or as close as it is or as far fetched as it may be. Sometimes there is a remote with actual self-interest. Not this moment, and eventually it'll be a self-interest. That's also called misleading a person. Step here. who has glass, if it would happen, that he sees that he's going to have a loss by giving a man the right advice? What should he do? If he can rebuke him and say, don't do it, because it's going to be a harm for me, because that's not easy. He should rebuke him and tell him that. But suppose he can't say that? And the only alternative would be to give him wrong advice? No. You stall the Khmun let him get out of the case, although he should not give him any advice. If you see that advice, that you'll have to give it this person, won't be for your benefit, don't give me any advice. Say that. I involve the bottom line. And this subject, of misleading somebody by wrong etzer and if the counsel that you have to give him is something that might be harmful to your own interests then don't say anything in case you don't want to harm your interests don't say anything but do not mislead him ah i'll call upon him lo yeyotzehu but in any case, don't give advice which is other, and the purpose, or the benefit of the one who asks for it. And if you cannot give such advice because it'll harm you, don't say anything. Now, it makes one exception: in shekavona unless the intention of the person who's asking for your advice is to do something wrong then it's a mitzvah to mislead him he shouldn't be able to carry out his wrong purposes and here you have to back door for the Aesha to come in because you can always say that his advice is not for a good purpose it's important to know that however the fact is that if he wants to do something wrong asking your advice how to carry out his plans. You have to frustrate him by giving him wrong advice. Sheol's mitzvah Certainly it's a mitzvah to deceive him. With somebody with a crooked mind make yourself crooked in order to deal with him according to his wickedness. alke is a proof. He gave an Acer when he wanted to carry out a plan against Obe Namelech. So he gave him a plan to cause the whole thing to fail. So you see, it's a mitzvah to mislead people who seek advice how to do wrong things. So once more, however, we have to know that here is always an alibi for the Yeshara. You'll say, well, this person wants to do something. I think it's not a good thing. I would like to mislead him. And there we have to know how Kodishibola looks into a man's heart and he sees what the man's motives really are. Are your motives really to frustrate something bad? Or your motive is just to mislead him? Set that aside. uh, (laughs) About repeating things about people and Lush and Hora, people already are aware of the severity of these sins and how many are the subdivisions because there are very many subdivisions now when people didn't learn this they'll say it's not so complicated but if you learn i on to deal with it like the you see that it's not simple at all and there are very many opportunities for people to mislead themselves and to bring themselves into serious sins because they never study the details just to study the chlorine and not the protein means you don't know what to do when those proteins come up and that's why as many details as you're able to learn especially in these things of Lashon Hara it's always valuable because when you actually come to something you say, well, that's not Lashon Hara or in that person it's a mitzvah to say Lashon Hara so on so all kinds of excuses and alibis present themselves unless a person learned all the details as many as he can <laughs> In what they said, they made the following decree. Everyone is initial in something that resembles Lashon Hara. Now that's a very remarkable statement. To say that everybody, it means it's almost impossible unless you're very, very careful to avoid some form of Lashon Hara. That's how widespread this subject is. Omu, Heche Dome, what's called Abak Loshen an example of a uh, subdivision. Now, me is the dust of Loshen Actually, not the Loshen itself, but it's part of it, resembling it. If you're going to Ome, it says, Heicho where can you find fire? It means somebody comes and wants to borrow fire from you. The olden days. People want to borrow fire from your fireplace, so you said to him, "Why come to me? I really make fires." Go to the other person. He's always cooking, always baking. Ella be in the house of so and so. In other words, you're implying that this person is a lavish person who's always spending money on buying food to cook and bake, and that is a form of abak loshnayot or she is In the presence of a man's enemies, you speak of his good qualities. And as they listen, they're going to try to offer rebuttals. I say, but 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 and therefore you're inviting them to say hold and Hora. And that's why you have to be careful not to praise anybody unless in the presence of very good people. Otherwise, Ordinary listeners will start arguing and say but, and start bringing up his faults. Unless it's a famous subject of many generations ago, So say you want to talk about Rabbi Akiva, you can praise Rabbi Akiva. Looks like nobody will speak up and try to criticize him. But be careful about uh, Russia Shiva or Achsidi Sharebe, as close to our times, because once you start speaking about him, somebody might speak up and try to refute your words. The whole is And similar things. although they seem to be light matters that are remote from the In A, BMS, but actually they belong to the Ovak of Edith. So therefore we should know that there are many subdivisions included in the in uh, Rechilus and especially in Avaglash Nore, surely many said at the side. Kol to sum up this subject, al be dolchem la Yisrael, there are many paths for the Yesahara In case he cannot attack you from one direction, to try a different direction, he has many ways. I wish to attack a person. But you have to know that anything from which there could result some harm to someone, or some form of disgrace to someone, whether it's in his presence, in his presence is also a lesson, or not in his presence. It's included in this Lashon Hora, which is hated by Hashem, and abominated by Hashem. So this rule should be kept in mind always. When you say something, you must weigh it by its results. Can it cause any harm to somebody? Or would it cause a displeasure to him? If he would have heard it, then you have to be careful. Hara This person speaks Loshan Hara like he denied the presence of Hashem. Because if you're speaking in the presence of somebody whom you respect, you guard your tongue, you're careful. But when you speak freely, say whatever you wish. It's a sign that you feel that nobody watching you, nobody is listening. He who speaks with his tongue secretly against the Solomon, also asks me, I'm going to cut off that man. Hashem said, I'll cut him off. To cut him off means I'm going to make his life short. Say it inside. So, from in these last words, we understand that if a person keeps our Kodesh Baruch Hu in mind at all times, it'll be effective in preventing him from this sin. And we can add one more thing in addition. If you'll keep in mind, suppose that person concerning whom you're speaking was present, what would he think? What would his reaction be to hear your words? That's also an effective deterrent. What would he think if he were present and heard you saying these words? The bottom paragraph. Gamasino. Sino. and Sino anekime koshe me oid leche shall mimeno in the yodeth. Also, animosity and revenge are difficult to escape from it because a man's mind is deceived. People deceive themselves that they're justified in animosity. They say, this person is an exception to the rule, therefore he deserves animosity. And people deceive themselves in a matter of revenge. <laughs> a person has a very sharp feeling about his own embarrassment. When he's embarrassed, he feels it very keenly. Omid and he has great distress. And therefore, revenge is sweeter than honey to him. That's his only way of getting respite or rest from his (coughs) child. If he has the power to forsake what his nature is forcing him to do, and he will pass over his qualities or character, his traits or character, and he will not have animosity against the person who aroused in him that sin. Although, and he won't take any revenge when it happens that he's able to take revenge, And he won't keep a grudge in his heart against him. But he forgets everything. He removes it from his heart. He removes it from his heart as if it never happened. That's a strong and a brave person. If a person wants to show to Akadish Borehu that he's strong and he's brave in his service, this is a great opportunity. To just forget what somebody did against you and erase it from your mind. Not easy. But the person who does that is fulfilling the Torah, and he is demonstrating the excellence of his service to Hashem. Say that. So that is a brave and a strong man. The Malachi Asharis. Such a thing is easy only to angels. ben who don't have these traits of character, Nekoma, and Sinet. Not to those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is only immaterialistic things. Our foundation is nerves and muscles and reactions of emotions. And for us therefore it's not easy however the fact that it's not easy is no excuse to avoid it but it's a decree of our king and the psukim are clearly stated they don't mean any perish. like it states you should not hate your brother in your heart. You should not make revenge or hold a grudge against the people, the sons of your people. That means keep in mind that they're the sons of your people. That helps. When you think they're the sons of your people, then Akkadij said against them it's forbidden to take revenge or even to be a grudge. Say that inside. Now, all that is going to explain now is to tell us perushim and examples of this mitzvah, lo But while we're learning it, let's keep in mind it applies even more to relations between husbands and wives applies to them even more. Now, the Inyanan well known. What that means? The Hainu, the Kime, revenge. To refrain from doing a favor to someone who did not do a favor to you. Or once did some harm to you, especially in married life. You have to know that happens all the time. They try to take revenge. They don't forget, and that causes their worst kind of trouble in their lives. Not the, be not willing to forget what happened. On the tiro, the tira means the sin of remembering a grudge. The haskir, be'eshu alo. at the time that you're doing a favor to the person who once did you some harm, and you wish to remind him at that time, as a some hint or memory of what he once did to you. They say, I'm doing this for you, as you requested, and I'm not like you, or didn't do what I requested of you? That's called matirah. Or because the ayetsara continues to boil up a man's heart. and the Yesara is always seeking to make at least some impression or some memory of the thing. If you call the can't leave over a big memory. You start the hashish, He tries at least to leave over a smaller memory, but something he feels must remain. Instead of wiping it off the slate of your heart entirely, you feel something going. I should remain. I should hold it against him or her, no matter what. Step to here always nice. Yuma, the Yomar speaks for instance to a man if you are willing to give this man that which he did not want to give you when you needed it at least don't give it to him with a very friendly countenance. Oh, in case you don't want to do any harm to him in return for what he did to you, at least don't do him any big favors. And don't help him very much. Do it halfway. That's what the Esaura says. And if you wish to help him very much, the at least don't do it in his presence. In his presence, you're showing that you're forgiving him? No. Let's say the wife is angry at her husband. So she makes supper but she doesn't serve it while he's there. She puts it on a table, and she walks into another room, and he comes in and eats. Don't show him that you forgive him. Oh, don't come back again and become a friend like you were before, even though you won't harm him, even though you do favors to him, but the old friendship should not be renewed if you forgave him that you shouldn't look like an enemy die that's enough and suppose you do desire to join him once more don't show him as much affection as you did in the previous days and all this you understand applies Perfectly to husbands and wives, too. And similar forms of the diplomatic stratagems of the Yesa. The stratagems of the Yesa, trying to get you to concede something to him and not to forgive entirely. He tries. To persuade people's hearts, not to forgive and forget. therefore the Torah came, the and the Torah made a rule that includes everything. You have love your fellow man like yourself. Like yourself, without any separation, any difference like yourself, without any amendments to it. Without any stratagems or afterthoughts. You should make up with him and like him, just as you did before. That's what the Torah expects of us. Now that's not it's not easy, but that's what the din requires, said that aside. When it comes to swearing, aval pe shemien hasan kol she'enomin haydiyutus lishmor boheis shem shemayim yifil Although, unless a person is of the lower class, he is careful not to utter with his mouth Hashem's name for nothing even not swearing when you hear people mention Hashem's name it's a sign that they are lower class people unless it's done for tefillah or betochen or gratitude Otherwise, we can't bandy Hashem's name around carelessly. And anyone who is of a better training is certainly not going to do that. Call Shekin Hashem, and certainly to swear. Still, Yesh Ode, Aza, of Nothim Kitana. Still, there are some smaller subdivisions. Shaf al Pisha minachamuram. yes, older than not the most severe sins, like Yeshua is very severe. I'll call Ponim Roy, the Misha Roysa Liusnoki, still this proper for one who wants to be clean, he must guard himself against them. Now he gives an example. He quotes Omarabi Allah. Love Sometimes even when you say no or yes, it is similar to a shwa. Oma Rove, oh it's only my oh, love, love. You say it twice, three him two times. No and no. Somebody said, Will you back out of this agreement? Said, no, I won't back out. And then again you said, No, I won't back out. Twice no, that's a serious commitment it's not exactly issue but the lover says it's something like Yeshua. yes do you promise me to do this and this yes yes I'll do it twice yes is a serious business of course one yes also a person has to consider it important enough to fulfill but two times you should be careful that second one already makes it nailed in more firmly. The hein you should have a righteous measure. He is a certain measure, a righteous measure. But he can also mean yes, a righteous yes. Sheheilav hein You're not should be righteous, and your yes should be righteous. Now, when you get married, it's like saying a promise. It's more, because the Chosen makes the Kinyan was written in the Exuber. And Exuber says he promises to honor his wife. Oike, I'll honor you, Kehilchez you know, like the ways of Jewish men? Also, he promises to work and support her. F. Lach, I'm going to work with Azen and I'll support you. So, here's a case where a man made a Kenyan. It's more than just a yes. He came to him with a handkerchief before the exuber was signed, and the husband was the one who told the two witnesses to sign the exuber, which means he obligates themselves. Here's a case of a serious commitment. Other cases like that, when people must know that a commitment means a certain obligation in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Now A swearing, of course, that's the most severe. However, sometimes you should know that it's a mitzvah to swear. Suppose a person feels that he might yield to some temptation and he swears for a short time, like a day, or an hour. And that's a mitzvah. Like it says in Pirkei Avis, are offense for abstinence. Let's say a person will go into a situation where there's a certain temptation to do something wrong. It's not a long situation, but a long situation is difficult to swear. Who knows what will happen subsequently? But Let's say it's a one-hour temptation or one day, and he swears not to yield. Then it's a mis- better, of course, if it's a longer period, to say, in case I want to transgress my shwah, I'll pay, instead of the shua, I'll pay $100 to a certain place. Which ordinarily wouldn't give. certain is okay, which ordinarily he doesn't give. He obligates himself, so he swears. In the case I won't keep my shua, I'll pay $100. So the same wants to stop smoking. Now, he can't stop himself, but he swears on a day, not for a year, on a day. In the case I smoke today. I'll have to give a hundred dollars, let's say, to Satmar Yeshiva, to a Baptist Yeshiva. Mira Yeshiva may give anyhow. Yes, the Yeshiva, he wouldn't give ordinarily. Now, I shouldn't say it for a long time, but every day, if it's successful, then the next day, he should again make Yeshiva. I swear I won't smoke today unless I'll pay... For each cigarette a hundred dollars so, through this in this issue so sometimes the uh, dogma meshuas are our to be utilized for a person to overcome temptation now we go back to the subject of a man's word a man's word is very important because of your words can create a sure How of the by saying a certain word you make a law of the total yourself let's say you swear That you won't do this and this although the Torah didn't forbid it but since you swore it becomes a love of the Torah so you see that with your word you can create a law of the Torah that shows how important a Jews word is if with your word you can create a law of the Torah then you have to understand that even when you don't swear you just give your word like a man when he gets married he gave his word how serious it is. And even that when he's married, when he says gives his word to somebody, a very serious manner. said that little piece inside. Speaking falsehood is also a serious illness. This Pashitmoid Bibneodan very much widespread among people. Ulam bot, madaleges, madaleges yeshba, the various degrees of falsehood. Yesh benay odom, now it starts with the worst ones. There are some people shu umanusum, mamishu ashakhanas. That's saying falsehood, that's their profession. Emaholchim, obeyedim, elibam, kizobim, gemurim, to go and invent from their mind complete lies in order to cause conversation make a sensation among people like journalists reporters they're looking for things and they invent stories or they should be considered like wise men, Yehudah, Dronim, Habe, who know very much, and they say things, sometimes they say things about medicines, that are not true at all, they say certain things, of science that are not true at all, they say certain reports, that are not true at all, there are people like that, while well, they and Emma, on them it said, Toyavah, Hashem, Sif, Hashem abominates false lips. Amen. The lips speak falsehood. Your tongue expresses injustice. Made a decree on them. Alba four groups of people will never be able to greet the China. and in the world to come they'll be denied that happiness for coming to meet the China. And one of them after them who caught shock the group of people who speak false. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use.